Hey everyone, it's Abadesi, your host of Product Hunt Radio, where I'm joined by the founders, investors, and makers that are shaping the future of tech. In this episode, I speak to Catherine Durier about how to grow your brand with Instagram. Her D2C company, Year and Day, has a cult following that includes the unicorn-valued co-working space, The Wing, and model and entrepreneur, Lily Aldridge. Year and Day is offering something new in the $10 billion tabletop industry. Sustainably sourced items and simple palettes speak to the millennial and Gen Z audience they are designed for. So stylish tableware is no longer something you wait to inherit, like in previous generations, but something you can invest in now as we share more and more meals at home with friends. I was really excited to speak with her because she was able to take her company from idea to reality pretty much as a solo founder with a very small team and scaled her business with the help of Instagram. A lot to learn here. Enjoy. Catherine, thank you so much for being on Product Hunt Radio today. I have been very excited to interview you and hear all about year and day and your incredible products uh, because, you know, direct to consumer has been one of the hottest categories on ProductHunt.com really for the last couple of years. And, you know, as someone that spends a lot of time on Instagram and definitely does a lot of my shopping on Instagram, I absolutely love your brand and what you've been able to do. You know, you've made table and dining wear fun, which I love. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a delight to be here. I'm a longtime Product Hunt fan. So it's really, I've been looking forward to, to our conversation. Yay, wonderful. So I'd love to just start off by hearing a bit more about your origin story. I know you were a consultant, a strategy consultant at one point. What were the steps that led up to you deciding to work on year and day and launch a product line in the direct-to-consumer category? I actually first had inklings of wanting to be an entrepreneur in retail uh, nearly 10 years before I actually launched year and day. So um, quite a long journey to get there. While I was a student at Stanford Business School at an event they host called the Cool Products Expo, I met uh, Brian Spaley, one of the founders of Bonobos back in 2008, maybe uh, fall of 2007. And at the time, uh, direct-to-consumer was very, very new. Um, I think you know, Bonobos is credited as being among the pioneering brands in that space. And I was really inspired by how new brands utilizing, you know, digital tools could build brands that had better customer relationships due to the, you know, direct communication between brand and consumer. And so I spent the, you know, the several years after graduating from Stanford in retail, uh, specializing in digital retail, particularly as it pertained to brand and marketing. And I, some of those formative years were at Tiffany and Company, the jewelry brand, um, helping to bring the brand onto these digital platforms in an authentic way to Tiffany, which is, you know, a, a, a legendary, you know, over 175-year-old brand. I've always really loved the ritual of setting the table. And 
the magic that ensues after that preparation has taken place. Um, you know, so many of our great moments at home in our lives happened around a table. Um, great conversations, contemplation, love. And I felt like there was no brand uh, that was speaking to my values and actually to the broader values of the digital native generation. And thank you for saying that we've made year and year and day has made tableware fun again because I absolutely wanted to create a brand that celebrated this aspect of our lives at home in a way I felt like the category was really underserving the consumer. And so I had kind of the insight that this product was ripe for reimagination when I moved back home to San Francisco from New York City. And I'd had some hand-me-down plates from my mother that unfortunately broke in the move. And I was actually quite excited to go shopping for a new set of plates because, again, I've long loved the category. And so I thought – and I had always thought that the time where you invest in new plates or nice plates is when you get married. And I was an early, in my early 30s and at the time single and actually felt very empowered by this idea of buying a new set of beautiful plates, you know, outside of the proposition of, of getting married in a wedding registry. And so set out one day to, you know, go to some stores that I thought would have, you know, collections that I would be excited to have in my home. And what ensued in that shopping experience was so disappointing and so overwhelming. I was really shocked. I went to several stores, many of which just had way, way, way too many choices and actually no choices that actually spoke to my aesthetic taste and style. When I did finally find some that some dishes that did speak to my taste and style, I had complete sticker shock. I just couldn't imagine spending more than, I don't know, $15 or $20 on something that had the possibility of breaking in my home. Many of these plates were selling for $40, $50, $60, $80, $100 or more. It was really – it felt – inaccessible to me. And so I started researching the industry um, to really understand whether, A, this experience I had was unique to me or whether it was something that more people like me were also experiencing. And then also to understand if the market presented a large enough business opportunity for a new brand. And so the first I started talking to friends and then I actually sent out a big survey and realized that the emotional connection that most people that I heard back from with their tableware or housewares broadly was very low. And there didn't seem to be any brands that were speaking to the way that they were using this product at home either. So talking about what it means to set the table in the, in the present day and particularly around the ideas of modern day hosting, which I think 
takes on a really different flavor when you think about how busy we all are and and that a lot of the icons around hosting in the past have sort of relied on this idea of a stay-at-home wife, basically, or a, a housewife, which is a less and less common you know, choice of vocation, I guess I would say, among people today. And so I wanted entertaining and hosting to feel accessible, again, to people like me who worked hard and didn't have hours and hours to prepare for a party at home, but at the same time really valued the age-old practice of communing around a table and what that could create in terms of community and relationships. Then I started, you know, turning on the 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 other side of my brain and and doing the math on this industry at large and realize that you know tableware alone is a, represents a 7 billion dollar opportunity and a broader 80 plus billion dollar housewares opportunity in the US and that in many ways it's a product that we interact with the most in our waking hours at home so really had the most opportunity to be continually top of mind for our customers. And so then I, you know, having realized both the opportunity from a design, a brand, and then a business standpoint, started to build out, you know, a a business plan, you know, which for year and day had, you know, both again, like very fundamental, you know, you know, models, Excel models, et cetera, around how I thought we could build a very large and successful business, but also a point of view on product development, both from an aesthetic standpoint, as well as from a values and principles standpoint, and then a deep exploration of brand, which in many ways comes down to values and what you believe in. And I felt that there was a huge opportunity to mirror the values of today's digital native generation, which is um, in the process of household formation now and will be forming 30 million households in the next decade. And so you know, thinking about what mattered to that consumer in terms of experiences and quality of time and real connection away from our devices all really resonated with me and were part of what I structured into the architecture of the year and day brand. And so working on all of those different elements simultaneously, brand, product, and business, which ultimately kind of spurred to us to be a digital first model. So I'd say building an e-commerce business first. Then I I really made a list of everything that needed to happen, I guess, over – I think I thought I was going to be able to launch in eight months. So eight months from basically like kickoff to go. And to be honest, if some of the supply chain elements had been able to move a little bit more quickly, perhaps we could have. Nevertheless, it took about 11 months, almost a year, to go from basically – this is my full attention, full time, you know, professional endeavor. To now, we are selling to customers, and all aspects of starting a business are both 
wildly thrilling with high highs and low lows and and real challenges. But what's so exciting about those very early year, early months and days is that this idea that you formulated that you've, you know, really put pen to paper around, now you're starting to bring into shape into the real world. So for us, for me designing our ceramic glazes and our assortment and then building out our website with an incredible development team and then ultimately you know our packaging and our brand it was really exciting at the same time because you're creating something that has previously not existed i often will say that you're basically fighting against the inertia of the world you know there is no there is you are having to um, insert and create spaces for for your brand in in the world. So for us, that meant supply chain capacity with our supplier partners. It you know it meant an audience on social media. It meant you know space in a three PL. I mean, it's interesting. You'll uh, you know you encounter you think that oh I'm going to come to this p- potential partner and. I'm going to bring them this business and they're going to be so excited because it's going to be new business for them. Like you can get that's not always true. <laughs> you often have to make the case of your own business to to work with some of these partners. So so that year was an exercise in learning to sell the year and day vision before we had recorded any sales to partners all across our business who you know otherwise would have gone on, you know, gone on their merry lives without in, intersecting with our brand. So, so that is, and that is a great practice because when you are an entrepreneur, you are basically perpetually doing that again and again. You know, whether it be with supplier partners, other stakeholders, employees, or investors, and all of those stories kind of have a unique bent based on what matters to that partner, but. I think one of the things that's such good good training in that pre-launch pre-sales moment is selling that vision to different constituencies because it kind of is a leading indicator that you that you might end up being good at being an entrepreneur if you can kind of uh, like pass all those hurdles basically on the way to on the way to launch. When we did launch, we had not raised institutional capital beforehand. Um, We had raised some angel capital, which I can speak more to later. But essentially what that meant is that in terms of marketing resources to launch the brand, we had very little resources. And so my launch strategy, aside from emailing 500 family and friends, which was part of the launch strategy, um, was really to build brand awareness using the endorsements and microphones of individuals and publications who were brand aligned and had our um, audience's eyes and ears. And so really, I, I... say that the launch of year and day actually happened in December when we turned on the website and, and sent an email to friends and family in mid-October. But Eva Chen of Instagram posted on December 1st of that year. And that was when, you know, our Instagram following passed a thousand. And now it's at, you know, 
over 50. So, you know, you can, but that was a really big milestone for us. And then in, in January, um, actress Mandy Moore unveiled this incredibly chic and beautiful home in Los Angeles in partnership with an incredible interior designer and architect. And that also happened on Instagram, Instagram stories. And that was solidified the momentum of the business that we had built in December through Eva Chen and also some excellent and and wonderful press pieces that, you know, gave a lot of credibility to us from, you know, Vogue Magazine and GQ and Goop. and, And so that is what really you know, got our brand into uh, the consciousness of, of our customer base. And then we were immediately selling. And, and then we encountered a completely different problem, which is that because we had so few resources, I hadn't brought on any full-time employees to help support the business. And so, I mean, it's hard because it's, um, I'd say the dance of how many people to hire and when is is definitely a, a challenge of running a business. But I can say if I made any mistake, it was that I didn't have enough full-time help when we really started taking off in those early months. And I begged my cu- my brother to help with customer service, for example. Just oh, amazing. Because, like, I mean, it was it was it was a tough couple of months. You know, you can be challenged when you have more demand than you're set up for, um, which is certainly what we had in those early, early days. But certainly Instagram and the nature of that channel to, I think, bring beautiful visual ideas and other ideas, you know, to the forefront of the right audience is is extraordinarily powerful. And even today, the number one way that our customers hear about year and day is through an organic account they follow on Instagram. You know, again, with with limited resources, we overinvested in Instagram in terms of the content we put out from the beginning, and then so it has always been a cornerstone of our of our organic, you know, brand strategy. And 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 I think by being really focused early on, when we didn't have a lot of resources, we were able to really, you know, command outsized returns from that channel, and and continue to see that outsized return today, which is. Um, Pretty incredible as we've, you know, we've grown the business, you know, 3x this year versus last year and, and and still maintained that. So so yeah, now we've been selling to customers for just over two years. Um, we have a team of eight people in, in in San Francisco and and you know, thousands of customers coast to coast in in all 50 states who, you know, love their products, share their products regularly. Um, you know, on, on Instagram, how they're setting the table, how they're styling their shelfies and and coffee tables, and you know, we're we're really kind of leading this conversation around what it means to be a modern day host, which again is really different. And that's one of the things that I'm really excited about because our product, I think, unlocks a lot of confidence in our customers to feel great about entertaining because it's so beautiful and it's. It's beautiful in a really effortless way because we have this really simplified assortment and everything looks good together. So no matter what you choose from our assortment, you're kind of guaranteed to have a chic table. And that really unlocks, you know, this ease of, you know, either hosting book club or hosting a dinner party or having people over for drinks in a way that even if you're not cooking, you're just ordering takeout or if you are cooking or having potluck or 
if you're just having cocktails and, you know, I don't know, some type of nut or potato chips or something <laughs> Snacks, really casual, nibbles. popcorn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't – what you realize is that, it, you know, it's nice to have – good food is great. Listen, I, I love good food, but like having people over at home is about the people. Of course. And, and when you have people over in your home, it really – I think those moments really take on a life of their own in a way that I think is is really magical and special and very different than what happens when you're at a restaurant or a bar. And so we're just at the beginning of of, of unlocking all of this and and supporting this generation with the products to to do so. If you're working on a startup or even just thinking about it, check out the new audio course Launch a Startup only on Knowable. You'll hear founders like Reddit's Alexis Ohanian and Everlane's Michael Praisman, plus a whole team of business experts teach lessons on business planning, product development, fundraising, and everything else you need to know to get your startup going. The best part? You'll get $1,000 in AWS credits just for enrolling. Pretty sweet deal. Start listening today on the Knowable app or at knowable.fyi. That's knowable.fyi. Product Hunt Radio listeners get 20% off with the code LAUNCH at checkout. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. No more guessing, no more worry that what you don't know could kill your company. That's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash producthunt. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash product hunt. That's netsuite.com slash product hunt. I love it. I'm so grateful for you breaking down not just the origin story, but all of the steps that you took to get to market and, you know, get to this incredible pace of growth that you're at right now. Um, you know, the way you broke it down is so incredibly helpful. There are a few sort of standout things I wanted to pull out, which I thought would be really helpful just to recap for our listeners. I love the way you thought of design and brand and business in terms of all the distinct strategies and things that needed to come together separately and sort of took the steps to gather research, validate those ideas, and then explore them. I think that's incredible. What I always love to hear from direct-to-consumer brands, and absolutely is the case with year and day, is identifying a cultural shift that happens, you know, across generations and finding a way to bring the market up to date with that. And you're absolutely right. You know, it's um, setting a table is no longer, you know, the role of the stay at home mom or I don't know, your housekeeping staff. I kind of remember my, my stepmom used to be obsessed with like etiquette books. And then whenever it was my turn to set the table, I had to read, you know, the chapter in the etiquette book about where the salad fork goes and where this goes and where that goes. And I'm very glad we've moved on from that. However, the social element of that remains the same. And perhaps, you know, we're even dining in more and opting to dine in more because we are 
trying to be cost effective. We're trying to be aware of all of our competing ways of spending our budget and actually inviting friends over for a dinner party um, in tech in particular. I've probably been to so many dinner parties as an opportunity to network with other people and, you know, create bonds in a more intimate way than let's say a traditional happy hour or something. I love that. I just love that idea of like, what has already changed in the way we live our lives? And one other thing that I wanted to talk a bit about was this idea of baking your values into everything. And also pardon the pun, because I know it's ceramics, but um, this idea of really instilling your values into everything that you do. And, you know, year and day throughout the press has always been very open about where your products are manufactured, because I know you care a lot about sustainability and ethical production in an industry that has a lot of really cheap, fast production going on, which I admire. So um, I wondered if you could just share how you justified that to, let's say, your investors, because I can imagine there are probably cheaper places you can produce your goods. And then also how you had the conviction to focus on a limited palette. I love this idea that everything can go together, but surely you started with like millions of colors. And then you're like, okay, these are the ones we're going with. If anyone's ever tried to paint a wall, a new shade of white, they know what I'm talking about. There's endless choice. So yeah, talk to us about defending, um, you know, sourcing sustainably and, and manufacturing uh, sustainably uh, and or rather ethically and just um, not going for the cheapest option. And then tell us a bit about narrowing the palette. So in terms of manufacturing sustainably, ethically, you know, with transparency, if you go to our website, you'll see photographs from our ceramics factory. And, you know, it's really important to us to celebrate that aspect of our business and also to, again, yes, build in our values, which we believe are also our customers' values into how we make and how we operate our business. And in terms of, I, I don't think we ever had to justify that to our investors. I think, you know, knowing exactly as you described, like we are not an entry level price point. And I think that if often in various industries, if you start to dig into the supply chain of an entry level price point, you might discover things that you're not proud to be supporting in terms of how a product is made, either in terms of sustainability, use of materials, emissions, et cetera, or the treatment of, you know, the people who who make your products. And so for year end day, because this is a product that people keep for a long period of time, I believe that they are comfortable paying a premium particularly when they're at the life phase that we're speaking about which is you know it's it's you know not your first IKEA filled apartment this is um probably at a phase in your life where you're nesting a little bit you're interested in investing in your home and making it a p- place that you're really proud to dwell in and you know bring others into and as a result you're comfortable with you know, ratcheting up your spend in a particular arena like tableware in order to both get, you know, the aesthetic outcome that that you're proud of. So I think certainly, you know, 
customers love us for the beautiful design of our product. And so that's one of the reasons there's a willingness to pay. Of course, our price point at $13 a plate represents a meaningful savings of anything that has a like aesthetic. So I think that actually another element that uh, is appealing to our audience. But in that price, another willingness to pay or make that investment is because we are committed to sustainability and ethical manufacturing. And we'll, we'll put that on our website. And so I think that it's you know, again, we we hadn't. It's not something we were able to A/B test, or, but you know, I think that we've baked that investment into our whole kind of um, pricing structure, and it works. And you know, at the same time, we kind of we we charge the minimum price that's viable for a product of this quality and and sustainability. Um, you know, in order to make our our business sustainable to grow in the future, so I think um, that works for customers well because it's again it's a savings off of some of kind of the the substitutes and it's but it's uh, um, an upgrade from the commodity of unknown origin that I think is increasingly coming under scrutiny by consumers by the media because you know we live in this very transparent connected world and so. Um, it's a good thing that it's being exposed. And the limited palette is a great question, and thank you for asking it, because it was one of the things that was so challenging for me when I, you know, first went out excitedly shopping and 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 then became very quickly disappointed. And if you go to Amazon, for example, you'll find thousands and thousands and thousands of brands in this category, which I think speaks to I suppose that that much choice, you know, came from a different world where, you know, people relied on department stores or local boutiques to kind of cull through all of those products and curate a selection. And then with the dawn of e-commerce, everything went online. And I think that there was a period in time where consumers loved that and they were like, I can get anything I want and it can be at my doorstep in you know a short period of time and that there is something very satisfying about that and I think right now we're experiencing sort of a in some categories maybe a backlash to that much variety because it it really cha- it's challenging for a consumer to navigate through thousands of choices and so they need some kind of support in curating you know what what to buy so when I, you know, was making the assortment, I, I I really wanted to simplify our choices for the customer to color, which I think is like an easy choice to make, and to offer that in a simplified way. And, you know, as a counter to the overwhelm that they experience other places in other categories. And I think it I think it's really resonated. I think a lot of the product discovery these days now happens on social media platforms like Instagram. And so people are relying more and more on people that they follow there to help them discover products that they'll love that that suit their lives. And and then once they go to a, a dot com or go to a retail store, they kind of expect that they're going to quickly be able to make a decision around what they want. And so 
our curation really meets meets that need. And the other thing that we offer is because our palette is all harmonious together, you can mix and match things in a way that feels very personalized. And 40% of our customers do opt to buy you know, more than one color of ceramics in particular, but also our flatware finishes kind of complement all of our ceramics in all combinations. And, and so it's been fun to see what, what our customer base puts together. Yeah. And so that's been – that curation I think is like really satisfying to the customer because I think it, particularly if you've talked to anyone who's ever put together a wedding registry, how, which a lot of our customers are purchasing year and day outside of the occasion of getting married, but a lot of them are also purchasing for a registry. And I think that's a great example of how overwhelming furnishing your home in some of these categories can be for the first time where you're at a time also where you're making just hundreds and thousands of little, little decisions, like relying on brands or influencers to like help you cut through all those choices is. Oh, of course. And um, I'm absolutely one of those people. (laughs) I I mean, I even buy my concert tickets through Instagram now. I was like, oh, Khalees is on tour. Sign me up. (laughs) Exactly. Because going to like a, you know, a hub website where they're showing 300 different artists without any, without being able to surface what you might be excited about, which also feels crazy because if you have Spotify, you know, like all these things should be talking to each other in a way that makes it feel curated and personal. And I think that is something that we do both in our assortment, but then we also have invested in helping people decide how much product they need through this feature on our website called Build My Complete Set. So oddly enough, when you go in and when you act, when you need to set a table, it's like a multi-skew, multi-category checkout process that can involve like hundreds and hundreds of pieces, which seems strange. But when you start counting it up, you're like, okay, plates and bowls and mugs and then spoons and forks and knives and then wine glasses and normal glasses. And so you start to like realize pretty quickly that it can get really complicated and that you might not want as many, you know, wine glasses as you have normal drinking glasses or maybe you want more mugs. You know, it, everybody is a little bit different in terms of what they want in their cabinets to to set their table with. And so I used hundreds of data points collected from customer surveys to build a basically uh, a cart building personalization engine around what you need. It's that's built off of your preferences of how many people live in your home, but also how you like to set the table and how you like to entertain for either drinks or dinner parties. And so that feature, which we call Build My Complete Set, has been taken about 100,000 times. And we see customers who transact via that have lifetime values nearly two times the lifetime value of of customers who don't transact that way because it just it's a super easy way to just build the complete cabinet versus what your experience might be in a kind of conventional e-commerce site or retail store where you know, maybe it's 20, maybe it's 30, maybe it's more clicks back and forth, sort of unguided, which 
I believe in the future will just need to be reimagined. It's just we have all these great services. You know, you mentioned shopping for concert tickets on Instagram, but think about how easy it is to summon a car or order groceries or you know, there's just all these great like app-based services now that are hyper-personalized and provide instant gratification around what you need. And I felt like why shouldn't shopping in home have the same level of efficiency? And that really is what, you know, Build My Complete Set is designed to do. And it's just been very satisfying to see that it's been delivering those results. Incredible. Uh, yes, I was playing around with that earlier and I just thought, oh, this is smart. Um, I have a very, very important question to ask. When are you going to ship international? <laughs> Oh, the, thank you so much for asking. We actually, it's interesting. So one of our customers is The Wing. And oh my God, I'm a proud member. In London, you are? Well, that's our mugs. Yay. So oh when, we, when, when you go to The Wing in London, you are using year and day, which was a huge thrill for us. Um, it's not something that we have, unfortunately, kind of in our immediate horizons, which I... I'm so sorry to say, although it's certainly a question we've been getting asked from the beginning. So um, noted, and I will, you will be among the first to know. <laughs> Yay, wonderful. Oh, I know, I know those mugs because they are um, always in the cafe by the free coffee dispenser. And um, they're wonderful. They feel very nice. And yeah, I like to fill them with hot drinks and use them to keep my hands warm. <laughs> exactly. So they were designed to feel... I designed the mug specifically so you could hold it without your fingers touching the hot side of the mug. And then also so that the bottom has a curvature that makes it perfect for exactly what you're describing. So you get that kind of soothing, hold the hot mug moment <laughs> without burning your fingers off. <laughs> this is what matters. This is what cheap. we think about. This is what we think about when we buy mugs. If you're a mug designer and you're listening, you're inside the mind now of regular mug users. <laughs> They're as much a drinking vessel as they are a hand warming device, especially as women. I feel like I'm always colder than everyone else for some reason. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could I could go on about this for a long time. I feel like every office is too cold. My my husband and I are constantly we we actually have temperature compromised where I get my temperature in waking hours and he gets him in sleep his in sleeping hours. And that's kind of how we divide it. But as a result, because he prefers a colder room than I do. I just am bundling and on all the layers like uh, as I sleep. Yes. Um, I can relate to that. I One of the most clever products I ever saw on Product Hunt was a duvet that was thicker on one half than the other half. So you had in like one double duvet or queen size duvet, one side was like lighter tog, like like less feathers, and then the other was thicker. And I just thought that was really smart. Wow, that is really smart. I don't know if they went past Kickstarter, but I have to dig them up and share them with you. Um, Catherine, I know we could probably talk all day, but before I let you go, um, two things. One, how do you stay productive? You know, do you have any hacks you can share either for managing your time, prioritizing, which is one thing that we're all struggling with and particularly the entrepreneurs who are listening? And then when you're done with that, we have to hear what products you love, whether those are the apps that never leave your home screen or maybe a fun new device you've got at home. Um, we love to end with a product recommendation, but please start with productivity hacks because we love those. <laughs> productivity hacks. So one of the things I learned pretty early on is that as an entrepreneur, you literally could work 24 hours a day and still feel like your your list is growing. In order to have kind of like a healthy balance, you really have to set some boundaries. 
I have actually started this year in the spring uh, meditating twice a day. Um, I find that that actually has been a huge unlock for me around preparing myself both for the first half of the day and then the back half of the day to execute with clarity and efficiency. And it's counterintuitive, right? Because you're like giving up time to get back time, but it has worked very well for me and I know well for others. And so that's something I recommend very highly. The other thing that I do is, you know, when I'm in the office, often kind of stacked with meetings, meeting with the team, et cetera, I find, you know, that I I work from home on Wednesday mornings, which just is a great kind of time for me to work on individual products and to kind of get outside of the construct of the normal kind of like ongoing work week, which I think is really important, particularly for creative entrepreneurship. You know, we have, you know, with our brand and with our product, there's a lot of art mixed with science in our business. And so I think it's really important to build in some time to work independently, but also to recharge my creative batteries, which is kind of like a different muscle when you think about it. So those things have been important. And, you know, I'd say I'm like a big list person. I mean, it's it's like an old-fashioned thing, but like I make really I make long lists and then, you know, I set blocks in my time to to execute. And I I I would love to migrate it digitally, but pen and paper always works best. I love grid paper. I find grid paper is just awesome because you can draw in it, you can chart in it. (laughs) I hear you. I like grid paper because I can make check boxes next to all of my to-dos and then check them off. It's so satisfying. There's nothing more satisfying than crossing or checking something off of a to-do list. Three products I'm really loving right now. The first is like a great um, screenshotting tool called Snagit. I use it all of the time because I'm constantly looking for – this is a desktop-based tool. So I do do a lot of bookmarking imagery on Instagram and then in my photos. But when I'm on on desktop, I love using Snagit. I'm taking screenshots all the time. Um, it's super easy to edit them. So you can like point out things like elements of photographs that need to be retouched or I often will – you know, I love – doing different types of design mocks and things. And so Snagit's a great tool for all of that. Another tool I really love right now is Autumn, which is AUDM. It's a, a an audio tool in which uh, really great magazine articles from publications like The Atlantic and The New Yorker are read aloud. So, you know, for those who love podcasts, but um, or love like listening to content um, on commutes or driving or whatever – but also love those kind of like great long-form pieces. I mean, there's so much great magazine journalism happening. And so what I love is that Autumn kind of marries this listening format that we all love so much with those great journalists and publications. Um, And then my favorite app for meditation is an app called Insight Timer, which has these great kind of time meditations where you can customize like all the, the different sounds and whatnot but also has like a really interesting sort of marketplace of different meditations that have been created. So if you're all interested in exploring meditation, that can be a fun one to check out. 
Amazing. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Insight Timer. Yeah, because I recently polled the Product Hunt community asking, you know, who meditates and what are the best apps? And Insight Timer was the most popular. I'm, I'm, I'm still on Simple Habit. I just renewed my premium subscription. Um, so I'm very dedicated to that. I think they call themselves the Netflix of meditation, but, um, it's just great because they have very like specific ones, like oddly specific ones, like meditation for, after an angry conversation with your best friend, I'm like, how did they know? Like, but I will definitely check out Inside Timer and Autumn. Those sound so cool. So Catherine, thank you so much for being our guest on Product Hunt Radio. For folks that would like to find out more, maybe invest in some year-and-day products, or maybe find out more about you and your team, what you're working on, uh, where should they go? They should go to shop um, at yearandday.com or follow us on Instagram at yearandday. And thanks so much for following along and for listening. It was great to be here today. Thank you, Catherine. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Product Hunt Radio. I've got a favor to ask you. Will you take a minute to review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now? Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, share the podcast with your friends on Twitter and tag a guest you'd like to hear in a future episode. See you soon.